This is Dear Hallmark. Each week, I'll bring you reviews of your favorite Hallmark movies and TV shows. So grab a drink and let's see what we're getting into with this episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to Dear Hallmark. My name is Dara and I am your host for this podcast. Dear Hallmark is a podcast where I bring you all types of news in our made-to-TV romance movie space (laughs) from networks spanning from Hallmark, Great American Family, Up TV, and during Christmas, we check in on Lifetime. But on Thursdays for season three of the podcast, we are checking into the dead letter office of Signed, Sealed, Delivered. Every Thursday, you will get what I am calling a special delivery on my recaps, my thoughts about the series. And so this week, we are getting into episodes three and four of the television series when it was a TV series on Hallmark Channel. And those episodes are titled Soulmates and The Masterpiece, respectively. So let's get right into it with Soulmates. Right off the bat, we are met with the beautiful and talented Della Reese. She is the new supervisor for the Dead Letter Office. Her name is Cora, and she is replacing Miss Capodiamonte, who we know at the end of the second or third episode, um, she wants to go off to pursue her dreams of being a Broadway actress, a theater star. And so they are given a new supervisor, and it is played by Della Reese, who is just, she's such a contrast. Her character is such a contrast from Miss Capodiamonte. So it was fun times watching her through these two episodes. But one thing that really felt like a hug from this episode is within the first few minutes of the episode opening. Oliver quotes one of my favorite books of the Bible, Ecclesiastes, chapter three, where it talks about how there is a time for everything. And I think it goes like that for the first 10 verses of the chapter. It it literally says, you know, there's a time for everything under the sun, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to mourn, and a time to praise, a time to give and a time to take, things like that. It's Solomon who is the attributor the author um the theorized author of ecclesiastes had such a way with words if you ever find it it's one of the most i mean if you were to be if you were to analyze the bible as literature which it is in respects to the other books of the bible it is one of the oddest books it's also one of the most practical next to proverbs because solomon What you find in the book of Ecclesiastes is that Solomon was one of the richest guys out there. There's never been a man richer. Even Elon Musk couldn't touch a tenth of what Solomon had. He had gold beyond your wildest dreams. He had women out the yin and the yang. He had houses upon houses, upon land, upon land, upon jewels, upon clothes, upon wisdom, upon intelligence, upon intellect. So if you can imagine the most richest man, the most han well, the Bible never said he was handsome, but he had a lot of women. So if you can imagine the, the most smartest, wisest, 
richest man, you are thinking of Solomon. And so in the book of Ecclesiastes, he's talking about how he had amassed all of this wealth and all of this good fortune. But what is it for? And I was captivated so much by that book because that was something I struggled with a lot in my college years, in my undergrad years. I was so obsessed with portraying a certain image and making sure I had the right clothes and making sure and wanting to have money and wanting to have a boyfriend. And I became so obsessed that I with this idea of what I thought like of what I thought my life should be like in my head that I never fully lived my life out and was appreciative of the life that was given me already and who was in my life already and where I was already and so that started me on a journey through literature to kind of it was a cathartic experience going through this through writing which is where my book Chasing Wind comes from it's inspired by my journey of self-discovery through the book of Ecclesiastes, through the lens of Ecclesiastes. And that's where you find our main character, Sydney, kind of exploring the same thing. However, she is much older than I was when I experienced it. So people both in and out of college could relate to Sydney's story. I got off on a mad tangent, but I just, that I love that they started off the episode with that because... Ecclesiastes is one of my favorite books of the Bible. So that aside, uh, after after that happens, um, I just wanted to say that I just love the series. <laughs> I don't understand why they haven't made another Science Seal delivered yet. I understand they're putting their money towards these dramas and that they're putting their, you know, we're getting some more mysteries, which I'm I'm proud of. But if you really knew your fan base hallmark, you would know that Sign Sealed Delivered is that, to use my Philly language, it's that John. It's that thing. It's that X factor. I just feel like they are, by they I'm talking hallmark, I, I think they are passing up on a diamond. If those of you who have attended Rama Drama at West Palm Beach, there was a signed, sealed, delivered experience that you could have at Rama Drama if you bought a signed, sealed, delivered VIP ticket. The entire cast was there. You could They had their cocktail hour. They had their own panel. You could really have a signed, sealed, delivered, specialized event or experience. And to see the amount of people who came out to support, um, who love this show, I think it does hallmark a disservice the more time that elapses that they haven't done a new sign to deliver. So I just wanted to put that out there. Also, I want to say that this, I can totally see this as a comfort. This is such a comfort show. I know I'm, I'm watching it to review it. But if I was just one who was taking it in, kind of like I'm doing The Way Home, this is what I'm talking about in terms of having the heart, the depth, and the humor. It's the perfect mix of what I would want in a non-comedy show on Hallmark. Because it's, it's not a flat-out comedy. It's just not. However, the elements of humor that it adds, I think, are so heartwarming, so touching, 
And it makes you just want to blue skidoo into the screen and give everyone a hug. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I think Hallmark is really missing out. The further along they prolong the continuation of this series. So let's get into the crux of the episode. So Rita has written a book. She was inspired by Miss Capodimonte to pursue her dreams. And one of her dreams is taking the book out of the box. It was 789 pages, which I believe we find out in the following episode, The Masterpiece. But that book is thicker than all snorkels, okay? And it is loosely but not so loosely, you'll find out, based on just how she feels about life and how she feels about Norman. And I just think she, (laughs) Rita is so darn cute. She is so darn cute. I can't stand it. I, when I tell you, I, every character in the DLO is so specific. So, but so necessary. They add to the dynamic that makes the beauty of Science Seal Delivered. Like, I can't imagine a Science Seal Delivered without Norman or without Rita or without Shane. Definitely not without Oliver. So I feel like they each bring something that just makes it so sweet. It's the best cup of lemonade you could ever have. And it's the best blanket you could ever snuggle under under or on a rainy day. That's just kind of how I feel. And in this episode, we have Grayston Holt and Amelia Uterup, who we know as Brio Brian from Jessamine Shores. <laughs> Can we just take a moment? <clears throat> okay, I'm back. So my good old Brio Brian and um, and Grayson Holtz was in uh, Chesapeake Shores too, y'all. He was in season four. <laughs> they got two of my Chesapeakes in here, and I found out what the timeline because Chesapeake Shores didn't start until 2016, so you know things that make you go hmm. So Grayson and Amelia play Sam and Marie. Now Sam and Marie. Sam wrote a letter to Marie that got lost in the sauce and ended up at the DLO. That's kind of how the story, you know, that's that's who wrote the letter and that's how the DLO comes into play. So Sam writes a letter to Marie because as they're adults, Marie is about to get married. And he says, no, don't get married. I still love you. Don't do it. And finding out their backstory, they knew each other from childhood. She used to frequent his ranch every summer, and they would be summer buddies. And then they grew into lovers as teenagers as she was getting ready to go off to college. However, her dad was adamant about her not continuing her relationship with Sam. And so once she went to college, they fell out of touch. However, uh, I believe it was about 10 some odd years later, she comes back for a health conference, but she, but that's when he finds out that she's married and he's like, Oh, you got to go because I can't, I can't be like, I love you too much to just sit here and not want to express my love to you, which I respect. I respect wholeheartedly. So he ends up writing the letter, the DLO gets it. And as, as they begin their investigation to find out 
who the intended recipient was, who wrote the letter. They end up meeting Sam. However, they end up meeting. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking here at my notes. I wrote, I captured that wrong. So Sam writes the letter about how he still loves Marie and doesn't want her to marry the wrong guy. However, the letter, the letter never made it to her. And so they find Marie, but they realize it, and that the letters, first of all, is already eight years old. And then they end up meeting Sam after they find out that Marie is happily married with a kid and a dog. So they return the letter back to Sam. But then they realize that the guy that they saw with Marie wasn't actually her husband. It was her brother. So they go back to Marie and with Rita's picture perfect photographic memory, she reci Rita recites Sam's letter to her. And so Sam and Marie reunite and they go off into the sunset into the cabin that he promised he would always build her when they were teenagers. So that's the story that the DLO investigates throughout the course of this episode. Getting to the characters themselves, Oliver, he he has a life outside the DLO, but what is he doing? What are what are with these Wednesday nights where he's always going off doing something? Well, Rita, Shane, and Norman are on the case to find out what is Oliver doing every Wednesday night. And they they follow him after work one day on a Wednesday and they find out that he is hugging another woman. And they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> so they're at the mailbox grill and Rita just can't contain herself any longer. And she says, we saw you with a lover. <laughs> it's okay if you have another lover. And he's like, what? No, no, no. And then he says he's been taking dance classes on Wednesdays. However, his partner is indisposed in another situation. And so he calls on Miss McInerney to fill in. And when I tell you, he made that very clear. First of all, Rita says, I can fill in for you. And she gets up and she looks like a robot that is malfunctioning. And it is the cutest little thing. <laughs> it is the cutest little thing. And Oliver's just like, no, 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 no. So he asks Shane to be his dance partner. She obliges. And they begin their lessons as dance partners because he has a dance showcase coming up and he wants to do right by the dance showcase. So that is kind of, that is the Soulmates episode. Oh, this one, I felt like I was receiving a hug. When I tell you this series is so great. I understand why y'all, why y'all were hounding me. I, I get it. I get it now. I really, really do. I get it. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And then when I come back, we are going to get into ooh, this episode right here, y'all. I felt my eyes well up. No tears actually shed, but my eyes welled up. This episode is titled The Masterpiece. So stay tuned. Welcome back, ladies and gents. So let's get into the masterpiece. Can I just start off by saying I like this series a lot? Can I just turn it Okay. Now that we got that out the way, so Miss Cora, Della Reese, she's still our DLO supervisor. And they were like, wait, isn't she supposed to supervise the whole building? And then Rita was like, she hasn't been supervising nothing. I said, you dang skippy. 
I ain't never seen a supervisor not supervise something so less than Miss Cora. <laughs> but Miss Cora is enraptured and captivated by Rita's book. And we find her sitting at Oliver's desk reading Rita's book. And, you know, the whole volley back and forth of her admitting to Norman how the book, when he reads certain excerpts, because throughout the episode, Cora has him read certain things and it doesn't click that Rita wrote that about the two of them and that she really likes him. It's just the the light bulb, the, the light bulbs in the lamp, but it never, it never turns on. So let's get into our, our story for this episode. What is the letter and what do the DLO investigate? So in this one, this one isn't romantic. This one is a father-son relationship. We have Danny, who grew up under the tutelage of his auto mechanic, auto repair shop dad. And the dad was grooming him to take over the business. So he would wash cars, help him fix them. And we see when once Danny became, you know, a high school senior, he ended up telling his dad, like, he shows his dad an acceptance letter that he got from Columbia. And the dad's like, what, what is this? What does this have to do with auto repair? And Danny's like, I, I want to go and study art. And the son, the dad is, is not here for it with any stretch of the imagination. And he goes as so far as to say, you're not an artist, Danny. You're just a kid who's afraid to face the real world. Man, how many times have, like, oh, as someone who is a lover of the art and who studied language arts, that was is what I have my degree in. Uh, it's in English. It, 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 I, t- I take offense when people kind of dismiss the art world in whatever form or fashion, whether it's visual through painting, sculpting, interior architecture, interior design, drawing, the performance arts with drama, dance, singing, poetry, the written arts through the language arts through poetry, fiction, and any other songwriting. And even more so, um, musicianship, the the listening arts, if you will, those who are skilled with instruments. It really hurts my heart to, to have people have that frame of mind that they think that art isn't important or art doesn't matter. And I can understand, you know, coming from a parent to a child, I don't have kids, but I can see where a parent is like, how are you going to make money off of that? Like they don't see it as necessary, but I don't think adults in particular really understand how necessary art is. And I remember watching a an Instagram live of a young woman named Jackie Hill Perry. And she says something that was so profound that I think encapsulates the importance of art. She said, imagine if we went through the pandemic and there was no such thing as art. There was no such thing as theater, drama, acting, movies, television, songs, plays, books, poetry, paintings, 
sculpting, drawing, imagine sewing, fashion, culinary arts. Imagine if there was no such thing as art during the pandemic. We would have ceased to exist as a species, let me tell you. I think people underestimate the power that art has to the human being. Whereas there are certain things that can affect our brain in a pragmatic and logical way, art affects us still mentally, but also emotionally. And it affects us in our soul because that's what separates humans from animals. Like God has given us this gift of being able to consume, obtain, and express beauty through art and create it through our imagination. And I know, I know I'm on my soapbox a little bit, but that is something that I am so passionate about as a fiction writer, as one who loves movies, as an interior designer. I am so passionate about people being impacted by art and understanding the importance of art. So I personally took to this storyline of the art versus a practical tree and I use practical in quotations in this episode um, I can remember when I called my dad to tell him that I was going to be in English like I was going to study English in school he swore up and down I was going to be a lawyer uh, and I just had no interest in law and I called him and he was like what what are you gonna do with this like it was it was a sad day but I think when he saw the tool that the written word can be to someone like me, because I used writing to, it was therapy for me as my parents were divorcing when I was in college. And he was able to see that through my writing and he was himself was able to be impacted by my writing. So he was able to see the importance of it. So man, see, I didn't, This is what Science Seal Delivered does. And this is what I love. When you are able to be inspired, when you are able to look within yourself and find connections to the storylines or the characters of a of a tv show this is what i love this is what art is supposed to do it's supposed to inspire it's supposed to provoke it's supposed to spark it's supposed to make people come alive and and see themselves in ways that they may have not have seen themselves before or maybe examine elements and things in their lives that they maybe not have not didn't do it before So let me get back to this episode. Oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, the story continues. The DLO, they find the dad and he's at the bar and the dad has gone through it. Him and his son have lost touch and they find that the letter, which has a package um, that came with it, is actually three years old. And they find Henry at the bar and Henry's just like, Danny doesn't want nothing to do with me. And that's where we find out, you know, about them, their falling out before he went to college. And then we see that Henry got a call from Danny's fiance trying to mend a bridge. And it, Henry was, you know, was like, oh, can I talk to him? And Danny was just like, no. 
And then further along in the episode, we find out that the painting, who was signed by another, was seen to be another artist, was actually Danny. And Danny ended up dying in a fire three years ago. And so his, the, Henry never had the chance to reconcile with his son. But he still has the opportunity to reconcile with his family because in the painting, in the package that Danny sent his father, which Danny never knew that his father never received. So in the, pa- in the package was a painting. And in the painting was actually what, how Shane put it, was a birth announcement that Danny had a daughter. So Henry has a granddaughter. And when Henry found out that he had a granddaughter, oh, it broke him to pieces and bits. And it almost broke me because you can see the love that just poured out of his tears, the hurt, almost the regret that poured out of his tears when he found out that he had a granddaughter. And so Shane through, I don't know, you know, some type of webcam service, whether it was Zoom or FaceTime, was able to get Danny's now wife, Sarah, and Henry to meet over, let's just say FaceTime. And then he meets his granddaughter. And so the painting that also Henry has is a part of a series that Sarah has. And so Sarah's like, Henry, why don't you come up to come down or up to New York? Bring us this the this final part of the series and let's be together. It was truly, truly a beautiful story. Now, outside of that story, going further into the DLO, <laughs> y'all, Mr. Zach Santana makes his entrance, and I'm all the better for it. Zach, Zach, Zach Santiago, he plays Ramon Rodriguez. <laughs> he is the new dance instructor as the former dance instructor loses the studio in a poker bet. <laughs> And she loses it to him. And when I tell you I am all the more better for Zach Santiago entering this series, I am. So Shane and Oliver continue their dance lessons. And Shane keeps trying to uh, pitch a song for their dance showcase. And I was like, nah, we're, you know, I'm more traditional. Let's do something classical on vinyl. And so they, she has one more song that she wants to pitch to him. And everyone else is gone out of um, from the office. The lights are low. The the mood is a mood, okay? And she pitches the song, and they begin to dance. Mm, my goodness. They dance the dance that launches a thousand ships across sea. Let me tell you. You could feel the... It was like a wind of affection of some type of tension that just wafted over them. Like something came alive in them for each other that they were just like, hold up now. And you can tell Oliver was beginning to feel it. And he's like, oh, no, this can't happen. And so he ends the dance. They, I mean, they dance for quite a while, let me tell you. But before the end of the dance, he ends it early, leaves and then the next day tells her that he can they cannot perform in the showcase and we find out that he he's even the reason he's even taking these dance classes to begin with is because his wife signed him up for 10 dance classes and he's done 10 dance classes and he figures if his wife were to ever come back he would have taken he would have been you know trained with these dance classes and he would be able to dance with her 
Um, and I don't know if I actually made this clear, but we find out that all, Oliver's wife leaves him for Paris, but promises to write him and to come back and connect with him. And so he's left checking this specific bin, a Paris bin of, of, like, of dead letters, hoping and wishing and praying that one of them could be from his wife. But that is never the case. And it's just, guys, there is something just so captivating about this show. This episode specifically, I found myself, my face was almost to the screen. I was so captivated. And even between Rita and Norman, it was almost like Norman was reading the last page of Rita's book. And Rita was just like, Norman, could you, could you not do it? And then Norman says, yeah, but Cora says that this book, you know, was riveting and captivating and blah, blah, blah. And then he says, but also Cora says that this book is about you and me. Silly, right? And then you could see Rita's heart almost break in that moment or her, or, or her hopes are dashed in that moment. And she's like, yeah, silly. But then there's this moment that we get towards the end where Norman says how he likes his life. And then he looks at Rita. He takes her in with his eyes for a few moments. And you almost wonder, is Norman deflecting? Does he have his guard up? Is there something there between him and Rita that he didn't want to become reality just yet because he couldn't face it? So, y'all, I love this show. My name is Dara. This is Dear Hallmark. This is going to conclude this week's recap of Signed, Sealed, Delivered. We are going to truck on until we finish this series. Every Thursday for season three, we are going to work our way through the entirety of Signed, Sealed, Delivered. And I'm so happy that you guys are along for the ride. I know that there are some people who have watched this series and are watching it again with me and listening to the reviews. There are also some others who haven't watched it, but because I'm starting it now, they are going to start it. And so we are watching it together. I know there's also someone who watched it, but didn't care for it. I told her to give it another try. Hopefully she's watching it and um, she's listening to the recaps of it. So I just want to thank you all for your involvement and your engagement in this endeavor as we venture into the world of Science Seal Delivered. So there are links in the show notes. If this is your first time listening and you want to venture around the, the home of Dear Hallmark, we have an Instagram page, a Facebook page that you can follow, a book club that you can be a part of because next Tuesday, our book club meets for the first time in 2023. We are going to be talking about the secret ingredient, both the book and the movie. Our book club is about reading the books that Hallmark movies are based off of. And, you know, just like with any book club, you can come and not have read the book if you've just seen the movie and you want to come and hear about how the book is. You want to make sure you are there. There is a link to join the book club in the show notes. The book club is only on Facebook. So, again, you want to make sure that you join you guys, I love y'all. Make sure you leave a rating and a review on both Apple and Spotify if you're enjoying the podcast. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Ciao, my friends.